Hello and welcome to episode 86 of Generation GC, Misery from Good Morning Revival, Good Charlotte's fourth album released in 2007. And our guest today is RJ Dion from Always Grounded. My name is Molly Huddleston once again, and as always, I'm your host as well as the producer, creator, and editor of this podcast. Last time, we talked about Ghost of You from the Chronicles of Life and Death, and on our next episode, we'll be talking about a song from Cardiology. Always Grounded is a blast from the past sprinkled with modern influence. Every song hits you with the force of a Mike Tyson uppercut of emotion, earning them a spot in alt press as one of the 13 bands reclaiming pop punk in 2021. Always Grounded has variety in their pop punk style, with slower emotional songs like Day by Day and harder mosh pit worthy songs like Letters to My Eve. Singer slash amateur wrestler RJ Dion started Always Grounded with his brother Eli as an acoustic project. After releasing their first EP, the duo decided it was time to take it seriously and transform it into a full band. RJ recruited guitarist Jude Alexander after meeting at a Hot Topic in 2015, and in 2021, the band met bassist Stephen The Thunderstorm and drummer Anthony Daly, finalizing their lineup. The outfit shares one common belief, that through all differences, music can bring everyone together. This mindset is a theme that carries out throughout their lyrical style, creating a sense of solitude that the listener can find within all of their songs. Always Grounded is ambitious and set out on touring relentlessly and making an impact on fans, creating a sense of community and home for the weird and wonderful. And I just have to say, what an awesome bio. I I just love how that bio was written. I also wanted to say that I love having guests from all around the world and from all different backgrounds on Generation GC. If English isn't your first language, that's okay. As long as you're comfortable holding a conversation in English, you're good to go. And different backgrounds doesn't just mean location or ethnicity. It means ensuring a varied gender and sexuality representation and representing fans of different ages and fans with your own unique life experiences of any sort. I also want to continue mentioning blacklivesmatters.card.co, antisemitism.card.co, and antiasianviolenceresources.card.co to continue educating ourselves on everything going on in the world. Finally, Generation GC stickers are here. If you do want a sticker, there's two things you can do. Number one, support the show on Anchor. Go to anchor.fm slash generationgcpod and click support. All that money goes right back into helping me make the show the best that it can be. From printing and shipping the stickers to helping me buy equipment I need from headphones to different cords and chargers to uh, actual notebooks because sometimes I do some uh, notes and planning on paper. Number two, you can make a donation to the American Cancer Society. Uh, RJ suggested this and American Cancer Society is a massive organization. They do a lot of research and they also provide a lot of resources for folks experiencing uh, cancer treatment or who have just received a cancer diagnosis. So if you do want to donate, just go to cancer.org and click donate. And then you're going to send me a screenshot of either your support of the show on Anchor or your charitable donation, as well as your mailing address, and I will send you stickers. Pretty cool, huh? Thank you for tuning in. Please make sure to keep up with Generation GC at Generation GC Pod, P-O-D, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, just to see what we're up to and see what's going on with the show. And now on to our episode. All right. So Misery is track two on Good Morning Revival, Good Charlotte's fourth album released in 2007. I guess you could say it's sort of the first like, pro- yeah, there you go. RJ is holding up the CD right now. Um <laughs> released in 2007 you could say it's kind of the first proper track because track one is the title track good morning revival and it's 
an intro, but it's an intro that like it, it it's kind of like the cardiology intro. I feel like it's very much like an overture intro or like the Gen RX title track. It's very much an overture that leads us in. Um, and then track three is The River. This song was this is my favorite track on the album. The River. Yes. Uh, the River, I feel like is one of their best songs they've written. If we're talking about like songwriting and it is so powerful and intense, but it's like, you almost don't need to, I mean, we could talk about the river for hours, but it's like, you almost, <laughs> the, the river has obviously a very big religious implication, but you almost don't need to care about that at all just because the songwriting is so good. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah back- to enjoy it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, Back to Misery. So, yeah, this was a single. Uh, There is no music video for it. The song charted, and we'll get back to this in just a second, but the song charted at number 24 in Australia. I do not believe it charted in the U.S. So Misery is number 30 on Good Charlotte's most played songs, according to setlist.fm. Again, you know, as always, the number of plays is not necessarily accurate, but I feel like it gives us a good picture of how frequently a song was played compared to other songs. The U.S. got to hear this song on Good Charlotte's fall 2006 tour with the Pink Spiders. So this was before the album came out. But since then, they've played it a little bit in the U.K. and in some other places. And there has been so much love for this song in Australia. I mean, they played Misery as recently as 2018 in Brisbane. So do, do you know? I'm sorry. Do you do yeah. you know if they they played it recently in America or anything? Is that I, no? This is, I love this song. They haven't played it in the U.S. in years. That's insane to me. I actually really enjoy this song. Yeah, I I wonder if like this song charted so well in Australia because they played it so much in Australia, mm-hmm. or did they play it so much in Australia because it charted so well? Yeah, that's a good question. That's, that's, you know, the, the chicken or the egg, right? <laughs> yeah. And I, I would be curious if, if, I don't know, if we could ever find insight into that. I think, I, I mean, not to go down on like a cardiology rabbit hole, but I'm, I don't know how familiar you are with like, I'm sure you're familiar with cardiology, but you know, that album did not do great in the US, but it did. Really, yeah. I don't think, I don't think I listened to it. Yeah. But it did really well in Australia and whenever we talk about cardiology on this show, we talk about, well, did it do well in Australia because they promoted it so much over there or did they promote it so much Mm -hmm. over there because they were getting a lot of hype because, you know? Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. And this, you know, this album was right before cardiology. So who knows? Yeah. This, this album was kind of when they started changing their sound a bit. I I feel like. Um, and maybe Australia just really enjoys this kind of sound, I guess. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, anyway, cart, uh, misery, not cardiology. Misery was written by <laughs> Benji and Joel Madden and Don Gilmore, who produced this album uh, and had also produced the self titled. Well, we have a lot to get into with misery. I mean, I have so many like thoughts of my own as well as so many interesting reviews and, and fan comments to read interpreting this song. But first RJ, I really want to help the listeners get to know you and always grounded. 
So the first question I like to ask is when did you first hear Good Charlotte and what were your first thoughts on them? Okay. So when I read this question, I really had to think back of when I first heard them. It it was a movie of some sort. Like I always thought it was Scooby-Doo. Was it not another teen movie? I don't know. Cause that was, I was young when that movie came out. Okay. Like I also was like, I was probably five or six when I came Mm -hmm. out and I, I probably did watch it on TV, but I feel like when I did my research, I feel like it was the anthem and it was on the pacifier for some reason. I I was just going to, I was just thinking about that movie. Yeah. 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 That's, that's the only way I could think of it, but I, I just remember hearing the lyrics like, you don't want to be, be just dead. like you <laughs> yeah and like i just like i was hooked as like a however old i was at the time i don't want to think about it i don't like to do math very often yeah not my best subject but whatever age i was i remember hearing those lyrics and i was like oh yeah i know exactly what you're talking about yeah exactly. but i clearly did not i relate to this <laughs> yeah i did yeah. not really relate to it but thought i did well, and that's what matters. That is all that matters, truly. Yeah. Um, amazing. I love it. And I, I, you know, the the anthem, I think, was a lot of people's intro to GC. And I love that you heard it in the pacifier. Um, <laughs> so the next question I always like to ask is, have you ever seen Good Charlotte live? No, I really wish I had. But uh, like, so I, I wasn't, when I was really into going to concerts, I was not into pop punk that much. Mm. Like when, when I got to high school, all of a sudden I was really into like post hardcore, like emo, like mm. the used, the data remember, uh, like those, the silver scene, those types of bands. Yeah. It wasn't until like the end of high school, uh, like senior year where I started getting into like say anything and all that. It's so it's, it's funny because I had a bunch of CDs from my older sister, Nicole, that she left behind. And um, one of good Charlotte CDs, uh, I, I think it was Young and Young and Hopeless. Is that? Sorry, I'm not not the best with names. Young and the Hopeless, uh, yeah. Yeah, Young and the Hopeless. I had that CD, and I actually gave it to one of my girlfriends at the time because I was like, oh, I'm never gonna listen to this. <gasps> oh I know, big God. regret, very big regret. Because when I finally did listen to it, I was like, holy crap, this is. Like one of the greatest CDs I've ever listened to. Why did I ever get rid of this? That's really funny. That's really funny. But I I have it now, so it's okay. Yeah, I love that. Well, you know, we're we're all hoping here that that Good Charlotte does tour again when it's safe. Um, so I hope you get the chance in the future. Me too. Yeah. Well, I was curious just a little bit in terms of the band's background. So. Taylor of handguns had connected us last year. I mean, I've, I, you know, have done a lot of music photography and interviews, you know, I interviewed Mm -hmm. handguns a few times. I photographed them. I don't even know how many times. Um, (laughs) And then he, you know, sent me over some of your music. So is he, is he managing you guys? So he was at the time, but now, now he's, he's, He's had another kid, I believe. Okay. And uh, so I think he did. When, I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. When all that happened, he kind of was like, listen, like I can't manage any bands right now. I have to really focus on my family, which sure, is completely yeah. understandable. Oh, yeah. So yeah. he was our manager, but like we were connected to Taylor through Jake Langley. Yeah. Who yeah I yeah. met, I actually met him on TikTok and he invited <laughs> me to come hang, to come hang out with him. And we've been friends ever since. I've, I've gone to his place many times. He's the one who actually convinced me to finally start a band. Oh, for real? 
Yeah, because I, I just was I was so self-conscious about my voice. I was like, I can never do this. Like, never going to do it. Uh, but then he was like, dude, the lead singer of Metallica, he can't sing. Like, a, I believe it was Metallica. It's one of those those older bands. Like, they, they don't really sing. They just whisper into the, the microphone and they just right. pump up their vocals. And I was like, what? And he told me that. And I was like, well, shit, I better give it a try then. Yeah. So I think it's what, like, I'm trying to remember, I read a couple of interviews and, and some bios. I believe you had been playing, I think, with your brother for a while. And then it's been a full band for like a couple of years now. Yeah. So we we started making music, me and my brother, at the very beginning of the pandemic. So I want to say right, it was like right. March, March of 2020. Okay. Um, and then <clears throat> probably about, uh, I feel like we dropped our first EP. We we made all those songs really fast. Um, and I feel like we dropped it in that summer. And then by the time, like the end of the summer hit, I was like, listen, I think we should go full band with this. And he was hesitant, but uh, he agreed. And then we just, we started adding on members ever since. I love it. I I heard, I think I read this in one of the bios, by the way, but it looks like you met your guitarist Jude at a hot topic. Is that story true? Am I remembering that right? Yes, that is correct. Uh, I actually worked at Hot Topic with him. You did. You worked at Hot Topic with him. Okay. Because I was going to ask, like, well, yes. you know, what did you buy at Hot Topic? But you you worked there. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, that's sick. I mean, he, he actually was. He was the first person to ever tell me that we should start a band. Wow. Which was in like 2015. Right. And then it took. It, but it took a few years to actually do it. Yes, it took a long time, but we finally we got there. You got as, as soon as I I knew we were going full band. I was like, I'll, I'm gonna hit up Jude, see what he's up to. Exactly, I love that. That's amazing. Um, well, now you are full band. I mean, you're you're you've got a lot going on. And whenever I talk to a musician, I mean, I have to ask, how has Good Charlotte influenced you as a musician? I I read this question and I've I've thought about it. It's a very I feel like it's a difficult question. Yeah. But like I just I just feel like the the whole early 2000s pop punk scene is my big influence for when I write music. Sure. So like okay. I that's what made me fall in love with music was that era of pop punk. So I try and stay true to that era but also try and sprinkle in a little bit of like the the current era of pop punk mm. so i i think i think their influence is like is me trying to to capture the magic of the early 2000s pop punk if that makes sense that that totally makes sense that totally makes sense do you do you feel like you have a lot of influences i mean kind of outside of you know early 2000s or or is that kind of where you pull most of your influence from musically for me personally that's where i i do pull a lot of my mm-hmm. influence um like blink 182 if you if you listen to us at all like that's that is my big influence like tom yeah. DeLong, his vocals uh I, i'm trying to get out of that and trying to find my own voice which i feel <laughs> like every time we drop a new song i i slowly am starting to find myself yeah, I I can hear that. I can hear, I can hear that the the change in vocals kind of over the releases, and I I was actually curious about about that evolution. 
Yeah, it's a, and even like with the newer stuff we're working on now, it's like, it's even different from like what we just released. Cause like, I also started taking some vocal lessons. So I'm, wow. I'm just trying to, trying to learn, learn some, some ways to sing because I never knew how I just threw myself into music with no background knowledge. Like I I'm still so new with music, but I, you know, I love it. So I just kind of embraced it all. Wow. That's great. Look, you're, you're doing all the right things. You're finding your own voice, but you're also taking vocal lessons, which I'm sure, you know, just help with the technique. Mm -hmm. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, two more questions really before we head into this uh, song exploration. So I understand that you're an amateur wrestler, RJ Rude. I would love to know, I mean, how you got started in that. And if you feel like that, you know, experience and uh, of wrestling, if that has any similarities to uh, everything you do in music. Yeah. Um, basically, uh, wrestling, I, I fell in love with it the first time I ever saw it. Um, I kind of watched it for the first time trying to fit in with my friends because all my friends mm-hmm. were watching it. And I was like, oh, this is kind of stupid. I'm not going to like this. And this was fifth grade and I put it on and all of a sudden I was hooked. And ever since wow. then, it was my dream to, to be a professional wrestler. And I just wanted to go for it. Uh, I was bullied a lot for it in high school, but you know, I stuck with it. I did backyard wrestling to start. Uh, and then I finally got trained in a 2015, maybe 2016 after I graduated high school. And uh, I've been running and doing the independent wrestling ever since I've been to the UK Wow. There. Oh, holy shit. Yeah, it's it's been a ride. Holy shit. That is so cool. It it seems like it's something I've I've really only in recent years learned is that like there really is this like very indie DIY wrestling community, mm-hmm. which I, I never even like, I don't know. I, I always thought it was like, you know, high school and college wrestling and then like professional wrestling. And I didn't realize there was this whole other community as well. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like uh like how how the music industry is in a way. Oh, totally. You know, it's like totally. That that was our, me and Jake's biggest connection. Like I would tell him about like the wrestling and he's like, "Wow, sounds just like music." Wow. Yeah. I love that. Do you know do you know the band Heart to Heart? Yeah, yeah, Zicky Dice. Zicky Dice. Yep, yep. Yeah, so I had met them in 2012 when I was in college. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, stayed in touch for a while and then, it, you know, would always see them when they were on the East Coast. And then it was like 2015, I think they were just finishing up a tour with like Four Your Strong and Handguns, actually. Um, they were just finishing up that tour and I was talking to Nick and I was like, hey, like, when am I going to see you again? And he was like, I don't know. It's going to be a long time because I am going to like train for wrestling. And I was like, OK, sure. <laughs> and he's like. I mean, I I really have no metrics to measure this, but from everything I can see, it seems like he is killing it. Oh, yeah. He's much bigger than I am. Yeah. 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 I mean, he's been doing it for several years. He chose a great school. Yeah. 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 Chose a really good school to go to, which was something I did not do, but. It's all good. Well, I did. I'm not going to lie. My school was very good. I I don't want to bad talk my trainer. He's a very, very good trainer. Well, hey, there's just like with music, you know, there's always time. There's there's all you have is the future. There's always time to continue working on your skills and doing the promotion to uh, grow and everything. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Well, 
Uh, last question before we go into misery, you know, you put out this EP last year, letters to my youth. Uh, there was an acoustic version of your song, Kathy and Hayes, that I think came out last year. You've been shouted out by alternative press. I mean, you, you've been lucky enough to be able to play a few shows in the past couple months. What's, what's next for always grounded. Uh, well, right now uh, I know this is getting released in March. March. So yeah, like it's, March. it's January while we're recording this. COVID has been, yeah, COVID has been running rampant, at least in our state. It's numbers are at like 26%. Oh my God. So like, yeah, we're, we have some shows planned out, but we don't know if we're going to be able to commit to them. Jude right. is, ex- he's very immune compromised. Mm-hmm. So we don't want to put him at risk in any way. So behind the scenes, we're not able to get together. Um, but we're meeting over like Discord. We're trying to write music, which is actually how we wrote this EP that we released back in May. So we're we're doing it that again. Uh, we have one song that is ready to go out to be mixed and mastered. So we're doing that. that did that all at home. Uh, we decided that's going to be a little too hard to do for all the other songs. But uh, yeah, we've we've got a bunch of stuff. Um, we've got. Jeez, I'm stumbling all over my words. I'm just talking. Uh, we're, we're re-releasing something about me, which should be coming out at the end of March, early April. Um, our song, Something About Me, just seems off. Uh, was acoustic, so we decided we're going to try and revamp it, and we're going to make it a full band thing, and I personally think it's even better than before. Amazing. Um, yeah, I'm really excited for that. But we also have another song we're working on. Uh, it's in the demoing stages right now, but we're hoping to get that out by May. Wow. Amazing. Very cool. And I'll, I'll be, on, be on the lookout for all of that. Yes. Oh, also, sorry. One more thing. Yeah. Before all that, uh, we're actually going to be releasing uh, Death for My Birthday by Say Anything, a cover that cool. we did. Cool. Uh, we did that like last year and we just never did anything with it. So we're going to finally release that in Feb- on February 25th. Oh, cool. I can't wait to hear that. So, yes, that is all. I'm sorry. I, I'm just like talking no, nothing so to be much. Sorry about. <laughs> nothing to be sorry about. It's a podcast. I want you to talk. Well, uh, RJ, so, you know, we we connected. I think it was last summer. We back back and forth a little bit. Why did you want to talk about misery in particular? Uh, I don't know. I just I really enjoyed this song like this album. I me personally it's not one of my favorites by them Mm -hmm. um but misery is one of the tracks that stands out to me personally off this whole album um i should have went back and listened to the whole thing but i did not i'm i'm very adhd or i have adhd it's not diagnosed but (laughs) i definitely think i need to go get it diagnosed because like i will be like, okay, I need to do this. But then all of a sudden my mind will wander onto something else and I'll start doing that instead of doing what I said I need to do. Yeah. So like I, I've I've been saying, okay, I need to listen to the song at the gym all week. I need to do that. <laughs> and all of a sudden I'm listening to a pot, I'm listening to this podcast, or I go right. listen to another podcast. It's just like I'm all over the place. So listen, I probably should go get that diagnosed at least. But. Listen, I, I have ADHD. I was diagnosed like just a couple of weeks ago, actually. So let me mm-hmm. just say, I totally relate to everything you're saying. <laughs> okay. I, so I get you're it. just, you're it. throwing me even deeper in that hole that I should go get diagnosed. <laughs> 
away. I'm, I'm just gonna, like, yeah, you know, it's, 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 it's worth it. I, I mean, just, just for anything like that, you know, I, I always um, would encourage yeah. anyone if you have any concerns to get evaluated. Let's, let's to get back to the song. Did you have any like misheard lyrics, like any lines that you misunderstood listening to the song? think so like i went back that's also because i probably i went back and read all the lyrics before mm-hmm, listening mm-hmm. to the song okay fair um but yeah i i don't think i misheard anything i i think the only thing i mean now having especially the past two years of doing this podcast i'm listening to all the albums very regularly um but when i first heard the song i remember that the line happiness is a face that don't look good on me i remember at first i just like couldn't really understand what he was saying the <laughs> words are just like a little muddled um and then i read the lyrics and i was like oh, okay i guess that's what he's saying <laughs> you know listen to it really closely like okay okay that's what he's saying i guess um what is your what is your favorite line from the song i don't know i it I think it's got to be the the pre-chorus. Mm. Yeah, look at all these happy people living, living their lives. Yeah, look yeah. at all these plastic people. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, that's like that whole pre-chorus section is uh, definitely something that I've related to. Yeah. So I'm gonna say that that whole pre-chorus section is my my favorite lyrics from this song. Amazing. I think my, we'll talk about like how we relate to the song and, and what, how we interpret it in a sec, but uh, to share my favorite line, this is, I think from the second verse, he says, everybody's moving. They program their feelings. They're synchronizing and criticizing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just love like the, the rhyme on that, like they're synchronizing and criticizing. I just, I don't know that, that, like rhyming within the line feels so clever to me. Yeah, and I, I think I can. Can I take back my favorite line? Sure. I think I'm gonna take it back, and <laughs> I'm gonna say it's the "Don't feel bad, keep your sadness alive." All this right. This is in verse one and verse two. Yeah. Now that I'm looking at it again, because it's like, like what the the whole the whole second verse, what you said, like. I don't know, like sometimes you just feel you do feel bad for being sad because everyone's so fake, especially now in 2022, everyone's po- they, they you only see the highlight reel of what everyone's lives yeah, are. Exactly. So like you're seeing all these people who are like pretending to be happy when like it's like, come on, like no one is this happy all the time. No one. It's uh, I don't know. I, it, we live in a very fake society right now and it's, it can be rough for people. I, I would, I, I agree with the statement about, you know, a highlight reel. Um, I think Instagram is like a great example of that. Cause I think people are yeah. sometimes a little more willing to be like a little vulnerable on Twitter, but Instagram especially is very like highlight reel. Um, I would disagree that it's fake. I feel like that's not quite the right categories. They're quite the right explanation. It's, misleading i feel like is a better um, yeah okay yeah that's probably a better word for it yeah well let's let's get into this song i mean i i want to hear what you, what you think it's about and then i'll share you know my understanding of it and then i have kind of a couple uh discussion questions for us about this song and the interpretation mm-hmm. i don't know i think it, it kind of goes back to what, what we we're talking about before is like it 
life is very misleading. Sometimes people don't always have their heart on their sleeve. They're not always showing you how they're feeling. So sometimes like a lot of people are faking the emotions um, and how they're feeling. Especially like in two, this was released in 2009. Seven. Right. 2007. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially like at, at that time, like social media wasn't really a big thing. But it wasn't not. I don't think so. My like Facebook was, was just coming out. Right. My yeah, was Facebook, a thing. Facebook just, was just coming out. Yeah. So like, I feel like, you know, not like, like I said, not a lot of people wear their heart on their sleeves. So like, it's, it's very hard to tell uh, who is being honest with you. Yeah. And, and like, and their emotions, if that, yeah. that makes sense. I think it does. It definitely, I question what I say sometimes. It, it, no, that definitely makes sense. I think, you know, social media obviously had a very different role in society back then. Um, yeah. Not, not very different. It, it's changed over time, but. It's weird because Instagram was not, not around at right. this time. Right. Instagram was not around. Um, Twitter, Twitter might've been. Twitter might've been, but it wasn't big yet. MySpace yeah. was, Facebook was just starting, but. Mm-hmm. I think also as context, you know, the Maddens had like moved to Los Angeles at this point and we're kind of experiencing mm. that world for the first time. So I'd be curious if that uh, played a part in it at all. Um, just experiencing that world. They had definitely been in a couple movies at this time, right? I think yeah, Fat they, Albert was one of them. Fat Albert. I mean, they were in Not Another Teen Movie. Um, mm-hmm. Not Another Teen Movie, I think, was 2001. But at this point, you know, they were like actually living in Los Angeles. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't know. Um, you know, I will say when I heard this song, I was 15 when this album came out, when I heard this song and I was just like, this is so deep. Like everyone <laughs> at my high school is so happy. They're so fake. And I am so depressed. I'm the only real one here, you know, and nobody understands me, you know? Uh, I, I, I think this song pretty clearly is about, is like, feeling alone in your misery, you know, your depression, yeah. your heartbreak, your, your pain while everyone around you is, is happy and living their lives being quote unquote empty, which, you know, it, it, it of course begs the question, like, is everyone else actually happy or are they like hiding their pain? Cause not everyone wears their heart on their sleeve and, and, not everyone wants to yeah. show their their depression or their heartbreak to the world. Well, I also feel like when the song was written, like mental health wasn't really talked about. Like no, no, no one really talked about their mental health, like like how it is now. What I remember from from the conversation about mental health in music at that point was like. Uh, it was really just like all these like articles, like warning parents about, you know, scary emo bands that talked about like death and suicide and how that was like really bad for your child. Mm -hmm. And there was just starting to be a movement of people saying, Hey, no, it's actually okay to talk about that stuff. Um, yeah, but there was, there was too. Cause it's the, when you don't talk about it, that's when the issues arise. Exactly. Exactly. You make it taboo. You, You make it. So people feel like they have to hide their feelings, which comes across as fake. Right. Um, yeah yeah i something that's come to mind especially in recent years for me about this song i'm wondering if there is and and this is not to take away from the very 
a serious interpretation that like, hey, like being depressed or heartbroken or, or grieving, whatever, when everyone around you is just living their life, that can feel really lonely. And I think there is a very genuine yeah, okay. interpretation of that song. Right. Um, but I do wonder also if there's almost like some cor- some kind of like sarcastic or satirical element here, like, like, could they be making fun of almost like making fun of, you know, the idea of this sad person who sits around and moves in the corner about how nobody understands them when in reality, like everyone's going through the same shit and like, you just have to like open up and connect with the right. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, like almost making fun of like the, the emo kid, the, the sad boy, you know, the sleepy, sleepy eyes and bony knees, yeah. sleepy eyes and bony knees, you know, five or six years before <laughs> anyone said that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really good point. It, it could definitely be interpreted that way. Yeah. I, I, I would be curious. And I feel like this album has a lot of that satire and, and kind of dark sarcasm on it. Um, so I, I would be curious how much of this song is that. Yeah. Uh, my other question, and I feel like this, this certainly is a conversation that was not being held when, you know, Good Charlotte first started putting out records, but now it's definitely being held. Do you have to be sad to be, you know, real or creative or emotional? Do you have to be sad to for example, make great music? That's, that is a solid question because I, sometimes it's really hard to write music when you're not sad. Like, at least for me personally, like I, like I've tried writing songs when I'm feeling like super happy and like, I don't always write the best stuff then. Like I actually started writing a song about this Mm. uh, and it ended up going into me venting about how like how i'm scared to write like to do music in a way i wish i had my phone so i could look at what i had written but i think there's like i i don't know so i'm I'm not like a songwriter but i i can speak of someone who's creative in a lot of other ways like i mean i've I've written like a lot of poems i put out like a book that was like essays and poems that out in 2019 that's that's songwriting Right, right. Same thing, essential in a lot of ways, you know, and it's like, yeah, I what I will say is like, I feel like in some ways it's easier to like, you have more to say when you're sad. Um, I think I, I, I would love to see like a societal shift that I think we really need is like this acceptance that it's okay to talk about your happy feelings because I, mm-hmm. I, I feel like people just don't, don't feel like they can have that same vulnerability of I'm so happy about this. I'm so proud of this. I'm so excited about this that they can with like, I'm so sad. I'm so heartbroken, like in you know, you know, who, a song or a poem. You know who actually does, I think does a good job of um, talking about like, like bridging that is, yeah. I don't know, have you ever listened to NF? NF, yes, yeah. Yeah, I feel like he does a good job of being like, hey, listen, like, are you gonna still like my music when I'm happy? Like I that's something he's I think he's genuinely yeah. scared of. That's a great example. I I think 
one thing I will add, the last thing I'll add on this subject is I think, well, yeah, a lot of people tend to have more to say about the negative feelings. If, you know, especially with depression, for example, or with anxiety or Mm -hmm. with grief, when you're at that low point, you're just not functioning. So to some point, there needs to be some way of getting out of that so that you can like, you know, get yourself to a recording studio to like play your guitar and sing your song and work with the engineer and and get it mixed and everything, you know, and like just have, Mm -hmm. have that ability and that motivation to function. Okay. So now, sorry, now all of a sudden I'm thinking like, now that we're so open about talking about like depression, sadness and Mm -hmm. all that, do you think like there's going to be a tonal shift in music at some point where like the the niche is going to be talking about like your happiness because that's not something that a lot of people talk about i think that'll become more common than it currently is Mm -hmm. um i don't know if i could see that ever being the primary emotion in in music Mm -hmm. per se um because I, I think there's a very valid thing of, of music is a coping mechanism for, for both yeah. artist and listener. Right. Um, but I, I think I hope, I, I hope we're going to see more room for happier music. Yeah. Yeah. I hope that one day I can write happy music. That's all I can say. <laughs> yeah. I hope so too. I hope that for you too. Um, I want to talk about some of the instrumentation on this song. Uh, and I, I want to hear your thoughts on, on this too. If you have anything else to add, uh, there is in the intro, there's this like beeping synth sound that it, it mm-hmm. almost feels like a, a heart monitor, like going into error overdrive or something. Like it just feels really foreboding to me. Um, something I picked up on because I listened to this song a few things, a few times this morning as I was getting ready. The drums on, I think it's the verses, they sound kind of like bongos to me. Um, I can't tell if they are actually bongos or if it's some kind of like, you know, drum machine or, or synth simulator. Um, what, hmm. I, what I picked up on this morning was that the guitars in the chorus seem to follow the same rhythm as these drums in the verse. Did you notice that at all? I did not like this... I almost feel like this whole album is more of like a a club album, if that makes sense. Oh, totally, totally. So, so like I, I definitely like. I feel like the drums are synths and all mm-hmm. that. So I, I sometimes I don't really hear the the instrumentals of songs. I'm so focused on listening to like what the singers are doing and all that. But that's just because I am a singer. So sometimes I, I put my main focus on on that kind of stuff. Sure. I mean, that that makes sense. But yeah, I the, this this whole thing is more of like a dance dance club type uh, type vibe to me. Like they, they, it, it almost feels like they were trying to to make the music that was popular in 2007 because 2007, that was probably like the year of uh, Breathe Carolina. But it was like even before, I feel like that was even more like 2008 and stuff. I mean, this was recorded back in like 2006, this album, you know. Yeah. Um, 
So I feel like it was like almost I almost feel like it was just after this album came out that you started to see like Brief Carolina kind of and, and the electronic stuff coming to like warp yeah. kind of scene. Well, I know Bowling for Soup put out a song. It might have been after this. Uh, it's I think it's called Really Cool Dance Song. Okay. Where it's pretty much like parodying. Is that how you say it? Parodying. Parodying. I can't say it. Maybe they they were the ones who brought this kind of music into the scene. Yeah. Um, I think in I think they definitely had a part in that. Um, I I want to talk about genre for this. Like in a lot of ways, there's a lot of obvious like dance electronic here, but you know, it's like mm-hmm. the lyrics to me are like pretty emo. If we're taking the yeah, lyrics, they're still if we're taking the lyrics at face value, like they're I, I would say emo is a great way to describe it. But if we're saying that there's like a sarcastic or satirical element to it, like I don't know, maybe that makes it more punk. Yeah, I feel like that it's still like it's just very poppy punk. Yeah, yeah. With a lot of other stuff like going the on. The poppiest sure. of pop punk. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, but like I feel like a, a lot of bands take influence from other genres. So there's not nothing wrong with with mixing it in. I, I think it's pretty cool if you can find the right way to in, integrate it in. Definitely. Definitely. Um, well, in terms of like backstory or, or inspiration for this song, unfortunately, I couldn't really find anything, which was surprising. We can make because, up our own. Yeah, right. I mean, I, I feel like we <laughs> sort of did before, you know, just this this idea that okay well maybe they moved to hollywood and felt like people were fake and here they are and they're like lonely and depressed Mm -hmm. um we do have i'm excited to get into some of these like uh not just the reviews but but also like the fan comments because there were some really good comments from fans on this that gave me some uh interpretations i hadn't thought of so i'm really excited to get there before we go into that, RJ, two more things. First, do you have any memories or stories that you want to share about Misery? No, I don't. See, this this song, I don't know where I was when I first heard it. Mm, okay. Um, I, I would assume I was driving somewhere at some point. I might have been driving to a wrestling show and I was listening to good Charlotte. Cause I probably was just getting into good Charlotte. Like I, I probably got into them pretty late. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I didn't get into them until after high school. It was when they finally uh, announced their comeback. I started listening. Oh, wow. Wow. Them. Yeah. Like, like I said, like I, I didn't even get into blink 182 until California came out. Like I did, did not get into pop punk until I, I, I don't mean to dunk on an album that it seems like you really like, but I'm going to take a moment to dunk on the fact that like California is my least favorite Blink album, like by far. Really? Yeah. And I, really? I'm like, I, I can't believe that. <laughs> I mean, it must have been, it was what was out at the time. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, that's probably, I just have a special connection to it. Oh, like it's totally, my, it's, totally. a, it's a, a big summer album to me. Totally, like I drove totally. down, like I we live in Connecticut, and yeah. I drove all the way to Florida, and we had that. That was an album we had pumping all wow. the whole drive. Wow. 
Well, yeah, it just hold, I think it just holds a special place because it's the first time I ever heard them. I get that. I get that. Um, I uh, to share my own memory of misery and the first time I heard it. So, you know, I had mentioned before they played this song on tour in fall 2006. And for that tour, I went to the show at the Starland Ballroom in New Jersey. My dad drove me and my you know childhood best friend. Um, and I just this is this is mostly about the the show as a whole. But I was like five and a half weeks out of surgery for my ACL and meniscus. So I didn't need crutches, but I had this leg brace that had to be like locked out. It's like like a full leg situation. Um and my dad had to like call ahead to make sure they could oh, chair, chairs for me. And the only chairs they had were bar stools. So they had to get us four bar stools, one for my dad, one for my friend, and then two for me. Cause I had to like prop <laughs> one for your prop, leg. Right. Prop prop my leg up. Um <laughs> so it was like it was a whole thing. And I remember like being being in some pain at some point in the night, but I couldn't get an ice pack unless I wanted them to call like the paramedics. So like, and I didn't want to do that because I didn't want to leave the show. So the bartender gave me like a couple paper napkins and a plastic cup of ice. <laughs> and I, I don't know. I, I guess I iced my knee somehow that oh, way. Oh God. Yeah. Um, well, that was that. Uh, last thing, <laughs> <laughs> last thing before we, uh, you know, get into some, uh, alternate versions and and also uh you know the, the fan and critic response um other good charlotte songs a track relates to um are, are there any that come to mind for you with like similar themes i i feel like it, let me see like dance floor anthem kind of has like a similar not not really i I don't know. What, what do you think? Like, what, what what are songs that that you think it relates to? Well, okay. So I had a couple thoughts about this. So if we're talking about songs that are about being sad, um, motivation, proclamation, mm-hmm. and SOS stick out for me. Um, mm. SOS, especially, I think you know, with the the loneliness. Um, yeah, the way they talk about loneliness in that song is very different. But that song also talks a lot about loneliness. But if we talk about songs that are making a lot of commentary on Hollywood and the Hollywood club scene being fake, I actually think keep your hands off my girl is a really great example because I mean, there's a very different emotional tone to that song, but that's also a song that's, you know, kind of making fun of some, some uh, people being a little silly in Hollywood. You know, now that I think like think about it a little bit, I feel like the anthem. Oh, they're, okay, yeah. I'm, I'm literally I'm looking at the lyrics right now. It's a new day, but right. Don't want to be just so, like you. Like, I yeah, don't want to be fake the whole like song. you. Yeah. yeah, that's that's yeah. wow. That I hadn't even like I wouldn't have even thought of that comparison, but I like that a lot. Yeah, that I don't know why also not. It just popped in my head. I was like, mm-hmm. that's that's pretty similar. No, that's a great example. I love that. Wow, thank you. Um, I want to go into there's a couple of alternate versions I found. I mean, the the two not quite as interesting ones, 
there are actually two karaoke versions of this song available on Spotify. Um, there's one from Karaoke Universe and really? one, one from Emerit's Audio Karaoke. Um, it, not not much to say about either of those. I just thought it was funny that there was two karaoke versions. Um, neither of I, I think. Oh, I might have to pick it for a karaoke night. Yeah, exactly. I think they're both like, uh, like in the style of Good Charlotte. Like, I don't think they removed the band's vocals from this track. I think it's like kind of a cover, but mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not sure. Um, and then there's also the Steve Aoki remix of this song that it looks like was originally oh, featured I'm listen to that. on the yeah, it was originally <laughs> on the iTunes Deluxe Edition of Greatest Remixes. So, had the have you listened to that one? Are you familiar with that one at all? No, I'm going to have to go back and listen to it. If it it's on the greatest remixes, I mean, yeah. come on. Well, well, you know, I have a lot of feelings on greatest remixes, um, most of which are <laughs> like not not good at all. Um, but I'm not a fan of remixing, but yeah, that's just me. It, I don't like greatest remixes, like almost at all. Um, <laughs> it's only redeeming quality is the song Anxiety. And then there's a song called Los Angeles Worldwide that is like kind of taking all the stuff they said in Waldorf Worldwide and being like, oh, well, we've done that now. Um, but the the remixes on there, I, I do not enjoy. But yeah, so there is this Steve Aoki remix of Misery. Um, I was just listening to it before doing this, you know, as, as I was doing my notes the other day. Um, I remember feeling like the intro was really long. And just being like, when are the vocals going to come in? Um, but I think what threw me off as I was listening was like the the rhythm and like just the cadence was really different. So I felt like I couldn't really sing along because I was like, I, I know like the tune and like, but the, the words are just coming at me at a different rhythm than I'm expecting. Yeah. Yeah. If you can't sing along, I don't know. Not a fan. Yeah. Got to be able to sing along. Singability exactly. should be a should be a factor in critiquing songs. I I would agree as well. Well, yeah, let's talk about some critiques of the song. We're gonna read some reviews. Um, I I really like reading reviews of Good Morning Revival because I think a lot of people just had a lot of wild things to say about this album. So mm-hmm. we're gonna start with the Guardian. They gave it one out of five. Um, oh no, yeah. Uh, and they said the soft focus self-pity of misery and broken hearts parade is heavily indebted to the solipsistic sentimentality of emo kingpins and my chemical romance and fallout boy. Um, well, cheers to the guardian for using a lot of really big words in that review. Yeah. I seem pretentious. Right. Exactly. Um, I don't want them to give me a review ever. No, actually no. I do. Well, I'm right. lying. All publicity is good publicity. Right. Please right. review us. Right. Um, pop matters, which, you know, it's funny. We've talked about pop matters so many times on this show. They have the same writer, Adrian, reviewed The Young and the Hopeless, and he reviewed this. I, I He might have reviewed Cardiology mm-hmm. or Chronicles as well. But uh, we've talked about those reviews a bunch of times, but it's been a little while since we've talked about one of his reviews. So I'm happy to read this again. Um, he gave this album a four, I think it, a, it was a four out of 10. Um, 
he said, if you're going to sing banal lyrics, you had damn well better sell it like it's gospel. But Madden simply mails it all in as if he's seeing the words for the first time as he sings them. For three quarters of the album, oh, no. as mentioned, this is very catchy music. Backed with sequenced beats, blips, and synth chords, Misery boasts a borderline gorgeous chorus, but is completely undermined by Madden's witless diatribe <laughs> about plastic people and how, you guessed it, miserable he is. So um, what did he say about uh, three quarters? Is that what he said? Yeah, three quarters of this album is very catchy. Oh, so I thought only one quarter wasn't very catchy. Right, right. Huh. Hey. Drowned in Sound gave it a five. They they said that essentially GCR, nothing more than a well-marketed pop band. And you can really only judge this album as a pop album. And they said... On that basis, this is a relatively successful record, especially near the start. Misery and Dancefloor Anthem are formulaic but effective, built on reedy, tinny, synthesized guitar riffs and rising to fist-pumping choruses. All I'm going to say is, why is there so much hate on pop bands? I feel like the hate on pop bands, and I'm like reaching here for sure, but I feel like the hate on pop bands almost ties into this song, right? And just stay with me for a second. But I feel like a lot of people hate on pop bands because they think they're fake as <laughs> if a pop band couldn't also sing about like sadness or share real emotions in their pop songs. And I feel like this review used pop as a euphemism for like fake, which is like honestly yeah. not even accurate, I think, at all. Yeah, because you know what? Jonas Brothers proves that wrong. Okay. Right. I'm actually, I'm wearing a Jonas Brothers hoodie right now. I don't know if you know oh, really? you're on video. Yeah, yeah. It cost me $70, seven zero. Oh, did, I saw did them you go see them on tour? I oh, did. Boy. My friend took me for my birthday a couple of years ago. It was, it was I, like incredible. I really enjoy like a, a lot of their stuff. Oh, they're so good. They were great. They were, I mean, it was like fantastic. Big Time Rush too. Another great oh, one. I love Big Time Rush. I love Big Time Rush. I, oh I tried to get tickets to that show, but sorry, yeah. I, I'm, I'm taking us down a rabbit <laughs> uh, hole. There was a review from the young folks that had uh, talked about the what they felt was simplicity and repetition on this album, but they had a lot of mixed thoughts um, overall. They said that Misery is old-fashioned punk, both in the sound and in the lyrics. It seems to be one of the most original sounding on this album and even has a guitar solo. Um, yeah, I mean... This song definitely is probably one of the most original sounding on the album. I think I could agree with that. Mm -hmm. Between that dance floor album, that album dance floor anthem is another one. Yeah. Like, you happen to know if this was a um, what, what are the albums called when they're all the songs were like or all the instrumentals or songs relate uh, a concept album? Concept you know if this album? was a concept album? Yeah. Oh my god! Oh my god! Okay, so I don't. They never, to my knowledge, they never marketed this as a concept album, but I believe, and I believe this so strongly, 100% Good Morning Revival is a concept album. Um, yeah, that's what I, I feel like, even like the, the instrumentals on it, they, they all are very similar sounding. Yep, yep. Um, well, the last, I, I, look, I'm totally with you. Uh, 
the last review that we're going to read is real quick. This is from Plugged In. RJ, if you're not familiar with Plugged In, it's a website from Focus on the Family, which is like a Christian organization. And they basically review media. Mm -hmm. So that's music, TV shows, movies, et cetera, books, I'm sure, um, to essentially to to determine if it's like appropriate for good good Christian children, essentially. I mean, I'm Mm -hmm. sure that that's not how they say it on the website, but, you know, if it's appropriate for conservative Christian children. Um, So they they listed this song under objectionable content. And they said elsewhere, he wallows in misery. Misery is my company. Keep your sadness alive. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, I feel like isn't isn't is it Benji? One of them isn't. Aren't they pretty religious? That's a really great question. Um, definitely when the band started, they were. Mm hmm. I think if you pay attention to lyrics and they, they grew up being Benji and Joel definitely grew up being religious. And, and I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm really only speaking through what I understand of the songs. Cause I, I don't know them personally. And, and they don't always talk about this yeah. a lot in interviews. Um, if you listen to this album, you can hear on the river. It's kind of like, I think there's an element on the river of like wanting to find God again, like feeling like you've lost God yeah. or religion and wanting to find that. Yeah. Again. That's <clears throat> on cardiology. So, so like, that's one of the things. Well, one of the things that actually like dragged me into good Charlotte was at 18 or 19, I found God again. And like, mm-hmm. I was very religious listening. Like, so I was listening to like Reliant K yeah. and like th- those types of bands. I mean, not like I'm, I saw my beliefs now, but like I'm not as in, doused into religion as I used to sure, be. Sure, sure. But like that's, that's, so that's something that always dragged me to good Charlotte was like the, the river and like trying to find God again and all that. I don't know. I yeah. always found that very relatable. Yeah. Well, the, the river and then, you know, the much less well known song is right where I belong on cardiology, which is like, okay, like I've, I've found God again. Mm-hmm. Like, the river is like trying to find that and right where I belong. He has, has come back to that. Um, I'll have to give it a listen. Definitely. I'm, I'm try- definitely. Um, on, on young and hopeless. There's a song too. Is it hold on? Is it that the, I wouldn't say hold on is religious. Let me, there, there's something on that one that I, I could be wrong. Sorry. You... There, there was some song on that album that I was always drawn to. Not to go down this rabbit hole. Okay. <laughs> I'm so glad I have my laptop open and I can definitely I can look at all this. Uh, let me see. Oh, uh, maybe it's the day that I die. Oh, the day that I die. Yeah. Yeah. It's the day that I did. Yeah, that might be it. Maybe yeah. it's wondering. I don't know. I, I I think I'm gonna listen to this album again today. Do it. But yeah, I'm sorry. Not I I'm just uh, I'm all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> I uh I'm gonna send you I have just a couple of songs by a couple other artists that 
come to mind uh, as we talk about these themes. So I'm going to send those to you after we get off. Please do. I, I'll yeah. use it uh, as my workout playlist. Amazing. Um, well, let's, I want to read YouTube comments and there really weren't many that were very interesting. Um, but I'm going to read two, uh, it, it really on this song. So many of the YouTube comments were just like, I like this song. Good Charlotte's my favorite band. Um, <laughs> Buggy Hey 55 said, ah, I love this song. When I feel bad about myself, I just start singing in my head. Whoa. Misery loves company. Uh, look at all these shallow people living their life. Look at all these plastic people telling their lies. It makes me feel better about myself. Um, that's very nice. That's a good yeah. comment. The, the other YouTube comment I'm going to read is from Odin Warriors Girl, who said, this song goes well with the life of a teenager that doesn't have many friends and focuses more on their classwork and music than anything else. And I just have to say that when I saw that comment, I screenshotted it and I tweeted it without context. And I just <laughs> asked the followers to guess what good Charlotte song is this about? And there were so many different guesses, which was so funny. Because I'm like, yeah, there's like so many good Charlotte songs that could fit that comment. I think, yeah, but I think that's a perfect comment for the song like that. Yeah. When I first listened to the song, it just made me think of teenage me. Yeah, same. Uh, let, let's read some comments from song meetings. I felt like we got a little more interesting comments there. Um, teenage Trash talked about, you know, missing, missing the old times and that you know they've been disappointed by GC, uh, but they still love them. And they said to me, mm-hmm. this song is about living with your misery and learning how to deal with it the right way. It's telling us that it isn't the good times that give us our personality, but the times when you have to struggle to make it through. It makes us real and deep. Yeah, that's a that's a good comment. I like yeah. that. Um, do you do you think uh, Good Charles going to go back to the roots soon? Because I know that a lot of bands are planning on doing that with their upcoming coming albums with the whole second coming of pop punk. I don't think so, because I think Good Charlotte has never felt obligated to do what everyone else is doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think it's possible. I don't expect it because they really have never, you know, felt like, oh, we need to do what everyone else is doing because everyone else is doing it. Yeah, their their comeback album was kind of their roots, I would say. Yeah, yes, yes and no. Yeah. Um Aubergine Dre Seven said that the new CD is really good, but what's up with the sync beats? Uh it's weird but addictive. <laughs> Con- conceited Weird stu- but addictive. Yeah. Conceited Stew says it means you're not alone, not the only one that's sad, so accept it and deal with it. I'm surprised such a commercialized band mirrors my opinions. <laughs> such a there was, so are these comments from like when this came out? Mostly, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, song that, meetings that, is not that active anymore, so these are pretty much when the like around when the album came out. That is something I would expect someone to say in the right. time of 2007. Right. <laughs> uh, swallow the hurt said that it really means just to deal with being miserable because everybody is um up when said that it's people who think they are the only ones who feel as potently as they do and are preaching to others everyone may feel miserable time and again but come on i personally prefer being happy as uncool as that is 
So, so we should keep our sadness alive. Like I said, I get it, but I don't agree. The point of view in this song is disguised into seeming like an individual, but really it's just a very self-centered person who needs to lighten up, I guess. Which, which to me, I reading that comment to me was like, okay, I think there is some, some element of like, they're kind of making fun of this person who is like, so self-centered in their sadness almost. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Lyoko Splurge said, well, I think the song's great, but then that's me. And it's slightly scary the way it's so desperately emo. <laughs> um, Hating on people for their feelings. Huh? Right, right. Uh, this next comment, we're, we're going to leave out. We're going to edit it slightly, but uh, Beach Babe X90210 said, I think this, like any song, is about a girl and a guy. She's always bringing him down into misery. She's never happy. I wonder if this was aimed toward an ex-girlfriend. Oh, I didn't even know they dated that person. Yeah. Wow. We'll, we'll see. I, I mean, who knows? Who knows? I don't get yeah. that impression at all, but like, I, I really don't get anything from this song that like, oh, it's about like someone's ex-girlfriend. Um, I mean, it, it could be in a way like that, like maybe that's like, I'm sad and my girlfriend doesn't understand my sadness. Yeah, maybe mm-hmm. uh, it's it's a reach, but I, it could be. Yeah. Uh, Red Bull Katie said that everyone else had like missed a big chunk of the song. And to, they said to me, this song is about church people, not Christians, church people. So they pointed out the lines. The hands are up now. Everybody's singing. Everybody's moving. They program their feelings. They're synchronizing and criticizing. Total church people, religious people, not real Christians. It's about the fakeness and the show that religious people put on in church. The song seems to me to show what a person visiting a church would see and feel. No one here really gives a crap. I really, really love this song. As a Christian, it's just the perfect reminder to never become religious and to always try to be an example of Christ because being religious brings nothing but misery. I think they're trying to say, I think what they're trying to say is like, it's about the people who pretend yeah, I to be honestly, Christian, but, but don't, you know, yeah, follow the actual words of Christ and aren't like loving and good people. Can I, can I be honest? I kind of, now that I've heard this interpretation, I could, I could totally see that. Same. I don't think it's a re- same reach at all. Yeah. I, I, like I was getting goosebumps when you read it. I was like, mm-hmm. wow. You know, I, I, and I would imagine that the Maddens feel similarly to this. I don't know, but, but just based on, you know, more recent songs like prayers, for example, um, you know, I, I think there certainly is an element of not criticism of God or like faith, but, but, mm-hmm. you know, people who, I mean, in prayers, right. They're criticizing people who like send thoughts and prayers when like, really what you need to do is like give, give the homeless people like food and shelter. They don't need yeah, to help people out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, last one we'll read uh, is from Marco B87. Uh, and they said, I love this song from the beat in the intro all the way through. The actual music is so driven as to the lyrical content. 
content. I think it is about just accepting how you feel. Too many times we try to fight being miserable about something, whereas it helps a lot more to just accept it once in a while. I think that's a great perspective. And I think something I want to say in response to that, just in, in I don't know if caution is the right word, but, you know, I both personally and, and on this show, I am really big on expressing yourself and feeling your feelings. I think that's so huge. Mm-hmm. It is does not make you a bad person. It's not wrong to feel sad or depressed or, or anxious. Um, but, and, and it should be okay to talk about those things, but I really, really strongly encourage anyone who's feeling like they're really struggling to, to get help. And, and maybe that's like, yes, maybe that's like, there's, you know, just a life circumstance that you need to change. Like if your living situation is making you anxious, I mean, you know, the ultimate solution is to move. Right. Um, yeah. 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 Maybe it's, maybe it's talk therapy or medication or, you know, exercise helps a lot of people, you know, uh, all, all sorts of things, but, but I want to stress the importance really of taking care of yourself. Well, RJ, as we begin to wrap up, I would love to hear how has misery held up for you over time? I feel like misery is even more like prevalent. Is that the word? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I think it's even more prevalent now than it was back then because yeah. of social media, just because of social media alone. I just feel like it's even like it it's, it's a good song to go revisit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I would say I, I get what you say about social media. I think for me, the biggest thing is like, I've also gotten this almost new interpretation of like the, the sarcasm, like commentary mm-hmm. kind of element. Um, as well as just now this, this new interpretation of maybe it's like a critique of organized religion, um, that, that gives it a lot more depth to me. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think there's something new to be discovered about this song. Every listen. Absolutely. And that's, what's fun about this podcast. Yeah. RJ, what has good Charlotte meant to you over the years and how has that changed? I think Good Charlotte has just been one of the the major influences for for me as a musician because, like I said, my music is all based around the early two thousands pop punk, and they mm-hmm. were they were a pretty major player. Yeah, back in the day, especially when I grew up. Like I, I don't know. I I think back now to when I was a child, and I just think uh, of all the music I was listening to. I didn't realize how much pop punk was like a big player on radio stations and all that. Oh God. Yeah. Like, so hold, like I think back and I was like, I'm like, Holy crap. How is like, but that it's, those have always been the songs I was gravitated to. Like it was like, they obviously had the pop pop songs, but like, I always gravitated to like the green day and all good Charlotte, all, all those bands when they were on. Right. Yeah. So like, I don't know. I just think they've always had such a major influence on my music taste and my, uh, my music writing. Yeah, I love that. Well, RJ, do you have any last words about misery, about Good Charlotte, about 
always grounded or about yourself? Um, I, I kind of want to just piggyback on to what you were saying about sure. like, don't be afraid to ask for help. Um, yeah. it's, it's available to you and I know it's scary, but like you are not alone and there are a lot of people out there that feel the same way as you. Um, just some, something that has helped me, um, was realizing that when I woke up, I was putting myself into a mindset of, um, of depression. Mm-hmm. I would wake up and I'd be like, this is going to be a bad day. I'm really sad. But like, what's the point of getting up when you, when you wake up and as you're going through your day, notice the little things in life that, yes. that bring happiness to you. It's, it's going gratitude. as good Charlotte says, it's the little things. Yeah. I'm, I'm huge on gratitude. And I, I did my college thesis on gratitude journals and how those can have a really positive effect on people with depression. It, uh, believe me, it's like, it was the greatest thing. Like I, mm-hmm. I used to cry every night. I'm not going to lie. Like yeah. I would be so sad. I would cry, but like, I have not cried a, a day in my, well, I mean, like there are obviously instances where I've probably cried, but like, I have not like cried because I was so sad since I was like 17 or 18 now, That's because I, I just woke up one day and I was like, I, I have to change this mindset that I'm in. I need to, I'm obviously doing something wrong and I'm doing something that's, that's triggering how I'm feeling. And I need to, I need to search. I need to look for some things in life that make me happy. Yeah. I love that. Well, RJ, so I do a generation GC and friends Spotify playlist. So I'm going to put misery. I will put the Steve Aoki remix and those karaoke versions. Cause we've got those. And then I need two things from you. I need okay. you to tell me one always grounded song that you want me to include and just one song that you've been listening to lately, literally anything you enjoy that's not Good Charlotte or your own band. Um, if I'm going to pick a one always ground song, I'm going to say this place sucks, but you guys don't. Oh, perfect. Perfect. That I feel like that song goes pretty well with. With this. Um, and for something I've been listening to lately. So there's. Uh, Something wonderful by Seaway. I've been listening to. Oh, a lot so lately. good, so good. Yeah. I love Seaway. But, but I also want to say, my friends in Alpine Loop put out this cover of Mood. Why are you always in a mood? Yeah. That's oh, a lot. and cool. it is literally one of the greatest cover songs I've ever listened to. What's so the, what's the band? Alpine Loop. Alpine Loop. Okay, we've got it. So, one of those two songs, both great songs. I'll put, I'll put them both. I'll put them both. Oh, beautiful. Thank you. Amazing. RJ, one other thing I like to ask my guests is for a charity that they really believe in so that we can encourage listeners to donate. What is an organization that you would like people listening to this to support? Uh, probably American Cancer Society, but it can, if if I can add this, um, if, if you don't want to donate to American Cancer Society or something like that, if you see a homeless person that, like asking for money on the street or something, buy them a meal, mm-hmm. get them, get them a blanket. Just do some small things like that, I think, are super important. Yeah. Makes a big difference. And, and yeah, it really does. It makes a real big difference in their lives. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
I love that. Thank you. RJ, well, just as we wrap up, where can people keep up with the band on, on the internet? What are your, can you give us off Sierra website and social media? So all of our social media is always grounded band, except for Twitter. It's always underscore grounded. Uh, you can check out our website. It is always grounded band.com. And uh, we have a merch store, which is always grounded band.bigcartel.com. Perfect. RJ, thank you so much for coming on the show. Listeners, thank you for tuning in. Last time we talked about Ghost of You from the Chronicles of Life and Death. On our next episode, we'll be talking about a song from Cardiology. My name is Molly Huddleston. Once again, and as always, I've been your host, as well as the producer, creator, and editor of this podcast. Please make sure to follow Generation GC at Generation GC Pod, P-O-D, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And please make sure to subscribe to the show wherever you listen. If you're on iTunes, please rate and leave a review. Thank you all for tuning in and have a great week.